Terrible Books with Kate. Doo-doo. Hi, this is Terrible Books with Kate. I'm Laurel Woods. And I'm Caitlin Wilson. And this is a podcast where I choose a terrible book for Caitlin to read. And then I finish it all the way and tell Laurel about it. And this month we are doing an extra special Valentine's Day special. Woo-woo. <laughs> uh, in our last episode, I sent Caitlin back home um, and she was to choose an LDS romance novel from her mother's large, large collection. Mm-hmm. And here she is. Right. And the thinking behind that was we wanted to do a romance novel for Valentine's Day. Lovers, everybody, oh, feeling boy. the love. But we didn't want to get too much into the sexy bits, which a lot, I mean, that's part of the genre. But yeah. if you go for like a religious romance novel, you're not going to get that because it's not part of it. Uh, so that was our thinking. Ideally. Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we could do a romance novel episode, but it would just be like... You going, and then this happened, and me going, oh. (laughs) I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we should try it sometime, maybe in a little while, once we've done a few more books and kind of are just used to it. But I do think that we could do it. I actually watched um, somebody on YouTube. I'll find her name later. She was really cool, but she reviewed a self-published erotic novel Mm. on Amazon that she found on Amazon and Uh she did a really good job of like talking about the plot without having to go into too much detail about oh fun and I was like I think it's I think it's doable we should try it sometime yeah yeah but for now what we have is a selection from my mother's bookshelf and I actually want to just really quick go through the process of choosing so I went home at Christmas I sat down with my sister and we got everything off my mom's bookshelf that she had. And a lot of these I read in high school. My mom bought them while I was in high school. And there were three in particular that I remembered from the covers. I was like, uh-huh. I don't remember what that book is called, but I want to read it while I'm home for Christmas. So I just want to talk about those because I reread them while I was home. And they were so fast. It only took me a day each to read them. Nice. One was called Foul Play. Oh, is it about chickens? No, it should be. It should be so much punnier than it is. It's about a national football league. That they're like setting up. No, it's supposed to be a global football league is what it is. And I'm like, why couldn't it have been baseball? If you're going to say foul play, are there fouls in football? Do I know anything about football? No. No. uh, Well, but the thing is, is that there's already an international baseball league and it's like America and Japan. (laughs) And like Brazil, I think. And so 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 they couldn't do that. You have to do a football league because because that doesn't exist. (sighs) I just... The punniness of the title was like, it could have been so much better if it had been this other thing, but whatever, you so went it- with it. It was bad. It was a gal who worked for the Chamber of Commerce of the state of Georgia and was showing around these executives who were going to build their new paper plant in Georgia. And during that, they get caught up in this whirlwind of intrigue surrounding the Global Football League and have to go on the run and she has to go on the run with like the security guy from that contingent Uh of the paper company yeah and of course they fall in love while they're on the run and they solve the mystery and they save everybody's lives there's there's like a whole plan they're gonna like blow up the stadium on the day of the first game or something and they save everybody's lives and save everybody's (laughs) money and they're in love you know how like um (laughs) there's a bunch of movies coming out in the past few years that are like based on fan fiction of different things like Twilight was okay, originally yeah. a, I don't know, a something fan fiction. No, twi- oh no, Fifty Shades. Fifty was a fan Shades fiction was originally Twilight, Twilight fan fiction, yeah. and then there's like a 
movie coming out that was based on a Harry Styles fanfic. I feel like that book is a fanfic of the movies <laughs> Moneyball and the book <laughs> The Pelican Brief or something like Just that. Like smashing stuff, <laughs> Just stuff smashing together. Smashing them all together. Yeah. <laughs> It was bad. Uh-huh. It took me only a day, and I got done, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll go into the next one that I remember from high school. The next one was, I think, I think it was something about, it was called What the Doctor Ordered. And it was about a girl who her beloved aunt is maybe getting Alzheimer's, and her parents are like, we're really worried about Aunt Bernie. You got to go. She's She has to go into a home. Does and she have girl- to go to working weekend at Aunt Bernie's? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> She she chooses to go out there and like look into her aunt and see like prove everybody wrong basically because her grandpa her grandfather like died in an institution because Aww. he had Alzheimer's yeah and that made a really big impression on her when she was young yeah but she gets out to the small town where her aunt lives and her aunt has been like telling everyone my niece is coming she's gonna marry this handsome doctor and the handsome doctor's like I don't know anything about this <laughs> <laughs> and so she gets there and like through a lot of hijinks and everybody being wacky she and the doctor actually do fall in love Mm-mm. it was okay. implausible at best yeah the third mm-hmm. one I chose to do this one third because it actually leads into the book I actually chose the third one was a book called finding paradise and it was the dumbest of the lot because there's this girl. She goes on vacation to Cancun. She's at her friend's destination wedding, Boo. meets one of the best men, is like, wow, you're the best. You're so handsome and great. And you're taking me on all these adventures. And I think I'm in love with you after like three days. Okay, cool. And then that's like the first three chapters. And the rest of the book, he's gone. He's in Brazil. They like, because they met at the destination wedding, right? Uh-huh. And so she lives in California. He lives in New York, but he works in Brazil. And so they leave from the wedding. And they're like, we'll meet back together in six months, just like an affair to remember. And I'm like, it's nothing like that because you guys are lame. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, she can't get a hold of him the whole time, that whole interim six months that he's in Brazil. Some stuff happens, like disasters. He's helping rebuild a town that was like, a mudslide came through and he's like doing humanitarian work in Brazil and she can't reach him because of the disasters have knocked out communications. Mm -hmm. So she starts to doubt their connection, their three day connection, three day connection. (laughs) Yeah. And because she's doubting that she starts dating and gets engaged to another guy. Oh boy. (laughs) It's only six months. And like her whole, so like most of the book is her, going back and forth in her head you're just listening to her in her head being like i don't know what to do should i wait for justin or should i go with manny and you're like you could also choose not to do either one you don't have to marry this rando yeah (laughs) you don't have to be married i guess and that never enters her head no no so that was very frustrating for Uh me (laughs) yeah and that book was actually by an author named michelle ashman bell Okay. And the book that I ended up choosing, I didn't realize, is also by Michelle Ashman Bell. Uh, but, Caitlin, I told you you could look at the front covers of the book, and her name is prominently displayed on the front cover of the book. I know. It's bigger than the title. <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up happening was I read those three, and kind of I was kind of thinking maybe I should do these for the podcast, but then I felt, I don't know, I felt a little bit like it's cheating because I already had read them in high uh-huh. school. Yeah. And so I was like, it was just a That's fun thing. a fair like, thought. Yeah. So I chose out two that I hadn't read before. And to narrow them down, I read the back covers to my husband. And I said, okay, mm, help me with okay. this choice. Choose which one sounds 
like it'll be better for the podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you Caitlin's husband yeah <laughs> so he chose this one because it had a little it sounded like it would have a little more um more plot than the other which just sounded really really about the church which I was like I I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm cool with it. But mm-hmm. also if I'm going to read a romance novel, I don't want to read about people going to meetings all the time. And that's what that other book sounded like it was going to be. So we were like, no, eh, we won't. Let's not do that one. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm here to talk about bad books, not the not- structure of my Sundays. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we chose this one. Turns out it was, was it also- a good choice for the podcast, okay. but a bad choice for life. <laughs> So, actually, do you want to read the back cover for us? Absolutely, I do. The way that it's written, it says, A novel, Michelle, Pathway, Ashman, Home, Bell. But, I mean, from from the font choice, I can tell that it says, A novel, Pathway, Home, by Michelle Ashman Bell. Um, And it looks like a pathway. Um, And on either side, there uh, there are trees. And it looks like it's probably sunset. Because it looks kind of golden lady. Yeah. Maybe twilighty yeah. a little bit. Very pretty. Uh, man, our orchard's going to become a, a book cover theme. Cause Maybe so. Whatchamacallit, the last book we read. Oh, yeah. Um, also available on cassette. <laughs> it says on the back cover in the in the upper left-hand corner, there's like a little notch out. Also available on cassette. Okay. After just one year of a blissful marriage... Cammie Gardner is alone, mourning the loss of her departed husband. Aw. Sad. She's struggling to continue down the pathway of life, searching for a reason to feel alive again. But on a seemingly ordinary summer night, a group of mysterious strangers checks into the Sea Rose bed and breakfast that she tends with her grandfather. Aw. Yeah. Okay. I, ha- I, The plot might not be good, but I'm going to just say it's, it is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One is a handsome man with eyes that hold a glimpse of pain, something Cammie recognizes from her own heart. The others speak of a lost treasure, the legend of Spanish gold buried somewhere along the nearby coastline. What the others? Are you doubting that? Oh, a group of people checks in. One is a guy with mysterious eyes. Oh. Mysterious, painful eyes. The others in the group. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, it's okay. confusing. Wait, no, but I, that might just be me having a hard time reading. Okay, for <laughs> Cammie, the future holds an adventure more exhilarating and perilous than anything she's ever imagined. And with tensions nearing their breaking points, she'll be forced to make a choice that may cost her her very life. She's also about to take the most perilous journey of all, inviting someone else onto the pathway she's walked alone for so long mm. and her heart may never be the same oh so poignant yeah <laughs> sure man wait why does this start in september 10th 1846 so remember the legend of spanish gold alluded oh. to on the back cover we've got a <sighs> tiny like five page prologue that is the Spanish gold being lost in a storm and the, they're not pirates. They were like bankers or guys that were delivering the gold to the bank mm-hmm. and they get um, buried in a, like the storm tears down the lighthouse and like buries them in all the rubble uh, along with the, tr- the chest of gold. So cool. 
So we know there actually is gold from the get-go, from the prologue. We know that there actually is gold. Oh. It gets conf- confusing and frustrating throughout, though, because you just don't ever find it or hear of it again, barely, until, like... Maybe because the, the true page. treasure was true love. Listen, I actually have a flag in the part of the book that talks about that because it made me real angry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so give us a summary of the plot. Kay. Cammie Gardner. Cammie Gardner. Um, really sad that her husband died. It starts out in the book of her, like, at this point, her husband has been dead for a year. Aww. They were only married for a year and a half. Which is really sad. That's a really short time. Mm-hmm. There, she's 26, I think. And um, this was actually really hard for me to read the first part of this book because I have a really, um, I have a lot of anxieties about my husband dying. I'm sure anybody who's married has the same kind of thing. Your spouse dying is really scary. But that's one of my anxieties that I can't pull myself out of by like thinking positively or planning for something. Mm-hmm. With other anxieties, planning what I'm going to do is like, okay, yeah, I have a plan in place. But with this specific one, it just sends me further and further into the spiral. Yeah. So a lot of the beginning of the book is Cammie talking about like the pain that she feels from her husband being dead and just how alone she feels. And the writing is really stilted and the dialogue isn't great. But like, I don't know if I can criticize it because I'm like, I've never been in the situation of Mm -hmm. having a dead husband. Right. So that was really hard for me to read at the beginning, um, like genuinely triggering. And I don't, I, I don't know. I don't want to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. I just maybe want to address it that like it was very human and very. Human. Yeah. But she has her business to keep her busy and she's got family around. I mean, she runs her bed and breakfast with her grandfather, which is that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Grandpa Willie and he's pretty cool. I have a little bit of trouble with his character cuz it's almost like he's too much. He's like a caricature of like uh-huh. a grandpa. He says like dad blast it and dad blast yeah. <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he has like a shotgun and he's like I'm going to go take out those squirrels and that's like That's <laughs> like dad blast it. That's like further censoring like if you can't say, you, you can't, you, you feel like even Dagnabbit is like too strong of a language. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a really clear picture of Grandpa Willie into your head. Yes. Because, yeah. well, first of all, his name is Grandpa Willie. Right. I don't, I don't know why Willie in my mind is like, it's like a little boy's name. It a is. Grandpa can't be named Willie, yeah, but yeah. he is. Yeah. And then his he name hasn't, is Willie. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't cocooned up and... <laughs> You know, emerged as a fully formed William. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't gone through the cycle. <laughs> yeah. So um, so they're running that. And then they also have a gal who is, she's not related to them. As far as I can tell, she's, well, yes, she's not related to them. Her name is Pearl. And she's been like the housekeeper. And she's just friend of the family from a long time back. She and Grandpa Willie are like the same age. And... um I actually really like the name Pearl. I think that's a really pretty yeah, name. Yeah, that's a cute yeah. name. Yeah. And she's a really cool lady. She's done a lot of adventures. She's She, like, traveled as a photographer for National Geographic when she was young. So a lot of the book they're talking about, like, all the cool places that she went and, like, looking at her artifacts and whatever. She's pretty cool. One thing that I do take, not offense to, but I'm just kind of, like, bummed out about is that now she did all that cool stuff when she was younger and now she's a housekeeper at a bed and breakfast and like it talks a lot about her like strong mothering instinct and how she just wants to take care of everyone like guests come in and she like goes above and beyond to cook and clean for them 
even more than a normal employee would. Right. Mm -hmm. And even at one point, like something good happens for her. I think they, they get a guest in and he decides I'm going to help you compile all your photographs and stories into a book. And it's going to be like a great seller. And he talks to his publisher and the publisher agrees. So they're like celebrating. And then it says to celebrate Pearl made everyone peach smoothies. And I was like, Pearl, (laughs) this is your triumph. Let somebody else make you a smoothie. (laughs) Uh. Well, not so far. This book isn't unrealistic. (laughs) True. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but don't, don't forget about the prologue, which is Spanish gold. So, okay. So (laughs) it does. Yeah. Actually, this book I'm I was like, excited to find out uh-huh. is uh, Pacific Northwest takes place in oh, Oregon. Oh yeah, so that's kind of cool. They talk about Portland, and I'm like, hey, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's summarize it so far, right? We've got on a realistic side, women sacrificing <laughs> their own time and well-being in order to take other care of other people, and their own smoothies, the personal tragedy of losing a loved one. Sad. Um, and on the, on the unrealistic tally side, we have Spanish gold, mm-hmm. grown men going by the name Willie. <laughs> and, and on the incongruous side, we have the term dad bang it. Dad blast it. Dad blast it. <laughs> Close. <laughs> okay. Will sounds a dynamite make. Yeah. <laughs> so they live, actually, they live in a town. And I want to ask you how you would pronounce this town because it really weirded me out. Seamist? Sea mist, but it's not sea mist. Is it shamist? I don't think it's. I think she means it to be. This is a town called Sea Mist because we have mist from the seas. But the way she wrote it there, it looks like it's somebody who makes seams. Oh, like a sea mist for a living. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was so confused every I time I read it. Nah. <laughs> it happens. You don't think so? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I I don't have too many opinions one way or the other, but I'm sorry that it bothered you. It bothered me real bad. So, okay. I was naming people who were in this. Okay. So we've got Cammie, her grandpa, Pearl, who were running this bed and breakfast. Yeah. It's in a beautiful old Victorian house on the coast. Yeah. Grandpa Willie has a boat. He takes people out. They go whale watching in the boat. It just sounds really beautiful. Like yeah. a beautiful place to be, a beautiful mm-hmm. place to live. Idyllic. Yeah. They have some guests come in. Because it's a bed and breakfast. Bed and breakfast. Uh Guests come in to stay. One of the guests is named Josh Drake. He's a history (laughs) professor (laughs) from. What what was that, Laurel? (laughs) It's like, oh, and his name is Thomas Dillon. (laughs) And his name is George Harry. It's just. You don't like two first names? I. No, I don't like that. Okay. No, it's not my. Can I say something? Yeah. I think these people don't listen to the podcast. But I knew someone once who. It was two people that got married to each other, and they both had two first names for their names. So the girl's name was, crap, what was the girl's name? Emily Andrew. Uh-huh. And then the boy's name was oh, something that was backward. It was like a boy name and then a girl name. And so they're, between the two of them, they had four first names. Oh, man. That's it too was, many. I was, it was kind of cool. I just they got to hand awesome. it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I mean... At least it's not naming your baby Wilson. Oh, gosh. If you had the I last know. name Wilson. That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Keep this part in the podcast. Yeah. So Lewis can hear it. <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Lewis, no naming babies. 
<laughs> Your Wilson. same last name. Wilson Wilson. Ugh, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we've got Josh Drake. He rolls up into the bed and breakfast. He's all charming. Everybody's like charmed <sighs> by that. him. He has a secret in his eye, though. He just sometimes gets mysterious. And like he fits into the group really well. Right. Cammy's like, oh my gosh, come have some cinnamon rolls that Pearl made with me. And he's like, these are the best. I love it. Oh, I'm going to go out with Grandpa Willie in the boat tomorrow. And he just kind of like... Yeah, did she did she cel- did she make those for everyone to celebrate selling her movie rights? <laughs> no, she just made those for oh, nothing. Okay. For nothing. For nothing. Yeah. <laughs> for people to snack on. Yep. I really want a cinnamon roll now. <laughs> well, Josh falls in with everybody really easily. He establishes okay. a really good rapport. And actually he like starts doing housework around the place. Like Grandpa Willie's like, Oh, I need this place boarded up and Josh is like, I can do it. Oh, you want me to finish that flagstone path? No problem. And at first there's like cursory um protestations or like, Wait, no, you're a guest and then he's like, No, I insist and they're like, Okay, cool. We like you, <laughs> so do all our housework. <laughs> so that was kinda weird. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like any bed and breakfast I've ever been in and like it's, I feel like it's really clearly delineated. You're there, you're a guest. I don't know if I would ever like fall in with the owners and then like start right. doing chores for them. But maybe I just haven't. I don't know. The right, the you're right not set. a. You're just not a very mysterious stranger type. Yeah, so I gotta like wear some dark glasses and a hat or something and get really mysterious <laughs> and get a secret in your eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, while this is happening, oh, I have to mention these guys because they come around later. Um. Cammy's best friend from college, her name is Ashlyn, and she's married to a guy named Mitch. And it kind of comes about, you find out that Mitch and Ashlyn and Cammy and her husband, Dallin, her late husband, Dallin, they all got married at the same time and kind of moved to the same place and had plans, uh, live next door, mm-hmm. have babies together. And so it's really, I mean, that's part of Cammy's grief is that she still has Mitch and Ashlyn there right. living their lives and mm-hmm. she doesn't have her husband. Um, they come back. They're not important right now, but they come back later. So we've got, this is like the main cast of characters. At the same time in this small town, there has been a murder on the coast down at one of the lighthouses. A fisherman has been murdered and the police have brought someone, brought a suspect in for questioning. And there's rumors throughout the town that it's someone that is searching for treasure. So this is like the underlying mystery. As we go along, Josh falls in deeper with the family, kind of ingratiates himself more. Um, Cammie starts to have feelings for him. Oh, no. She's really attracted. She starts to have feelings, but she doesn't acknowledge them. It Classic. Feels like, yeah. It feels like, I don't know if this, I can't remember if this is a, a trope in a lot of other romantic novels. I feel like in having, having read my fair share of like Christian romance mm-hmm. novels yeah. in like middle school and high school, I can say that it is definitely a trope in in that genre okay. as well. So maybe it's part of the like. I think that the whole self denial thing, yeah, is just a is just a pattern. Because they start out and they recognize like a quickening of their heartbeat or a flutter or something right. that you're like, okay, obviously you like him. But then the next three paragraphs is like, she didn't like him at all. She was firmly entrenched in the memory of her husband. Just like denial 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 like they feel this thing and then deny it for a bunch of yeah and in and this situation it feels more realistic because and justified yeah than in like edenbrook right where you're like (laughs) get it together girl (laughs) recognize your feelings right (laughs) we know you're 18 but you know deal with it deal with it anyway So. so yeah 
Okay, so she's like kind of tamping it down. Yeah, but she is developing feelings, which is problematic because Josh Drake has a girlfriend back home. Oh, no. She's also a professor at the college he teaches at. Her name is Jane. She's poised and polished, of course. Everything that Cammy wishes she could be. But Cammy can't be poison polished because she's running out of bed and breakfast. She has to wear overalls and like hammer stuff, have disheveled hair and like smudges on her forehead. Uh huh. So oh. too bad, so sad, Cammy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that means she's just monstrous. <laughs> I I will point out. Okay, so this is something that I've I've, I've long held to in like Christian romance mm-hmm. novels. The thing that like I mean when I was. L- like younger it was just like oh it's there i have to read it because i had to read everything (laughs) right and which even now is a problem because i'll like see something and it could be like someone else's text message or an email and i'm just like my eyes are just like read it it. you gotta read it (laughs) like stop doing that (laughs) but yeah no so it's like they're in the house so uh, i have to read it right um and one thing that i noticed that like always made me angry was that the girls in the romance novels were either like there were two body types and there were two personality types. Yes. Right? The two body types were tall and lanky and it's like, oh, no one could ever love me because I don't have boobs. And then gotcha. the other version was like sh- like shorter and stouter. And it was like, oh, no one could ever love me because I have too much boobs. Yeah. And then, <laughs> maybe I should be less crass. <laughs> no one could ever love me because, you know, I'm too overweight or something like that. Curvaceous, and, maybe. Yeah, curvaceous. And uh, the two personality types are always like fiery and feisty mm-hmm. and the other one is like mellow and calm and shy and too too shy and shy <laughs> <laughs> and what always got me was like i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie here oh like representation is not an issue for me i am a white woman right <laughs> like this is not a problem to find myself in literature but it did annoy me a little bit that it was always like uh the shorter, stouter gal who I could identify more physically with right. always was given, like, the shy, mm-hmm. unconfident personality, yeah. which didn't seem to jive with me. And so it's kind of like, oh, that's not how I am. So where am I in this story? And right. it's like, come on. Like, looking back, it's like middle school Laurel. Like, <laughs> you don't have to read yourself into every story. But oh. Well, yeah, but anyway. you were middle school Laurel. Who, middle school Laurel. We learned. We grew. Yeah. We're older now. Don't miss her. Yeah. <laughs> we can separate ourselves out from the characters (laughs) we're reading hopefully yeah hopefully (laughs) so let's give that a try caitlin (laughs) i just love how in every single book that we read and like not even on this podcast but every single book you read you just take all of the characters so personally i do it's really funny yeah like just now you were describing pearl and you're like she's actually a really nice lady and you had like this glint in your eyes like you had just met someone really cool and I'm like, this is a woman in a, I didn't in a book that, that you were, you're trying to criticize. She's not real. <laughs> I feel like I know her. And she was like an friend. adventurer? And she like was a photographer? <laughs> For National Geographic? How cool is that, Laura? My new friend Pearl. Wow, someone made up a really cool story. <laughs> I... I legit didn't recognize that about myself until you just pointed out. But of course, I mean, of course, that's my thing. Why, why else would I take all these books so personally? <laughs> because you are able to recognize they're terrible and put them away. And I'm not. Because I'm like, 
<laughs> I have to finish this. <laughs> well, that is the premise of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what you makes ever it all work? Stop, you know our safe word. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think we ever came up with one. Dang it. Oh, what should the safe Dad word be? Dad blast it. Dad blast it. <laughs> you want that to be our safe word, really? No, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta come up with one. We'll come up with one. Yeah. Uh, listeners, uh, submit <laughs> submit suggestions for a safe word for this podcast <laughs> uh, so that Caitlin can opt out of doing this podcast in the future. Maybe a safe word even just for books of like, I'm, I opt out of this book. Just, uh, just an all around safe word. So uh, listeners, submit safe words on our Instagram, Terrible Books with Kate. Mm-hmm. That's our Instagram handle. That right? is our Instagram Terrible handle. Terrible Books correct. with Kate or contact us through the website. Which is terriblebooks.net. <laughs> Let's keep going with this plot. Yeah. So I think we've got, so now we've introduced, there are some like treasure whisperings. Yes. Maybe somebody killing for treasure along this coastline of Oregon. Dun, dun, dun. It's terrible. Cammy and her bed and breakfast has some guests that um, she describes really hard, but then like doesn't talk about them again. It's kind of like... The man had an eye patch and the lady had a peg leg. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, they were pirates. <laughs> but like she describes them really hard when they check in and then they leave and you don't really learn more. Maybe about it was them. like a workshop, like a writing workshop. Maybe Describe so. people. <laughs> um, it actually comes back around at the end. But while you're in it, you're just frustrated because you're like, why am I? Why do I care about these lengthy descriptions of these guests that from the past two guest descriptions i can infer that the next one i'm just not going to hear about them in like two pages so you get a little frustrated getting caught up into that but she has a lot of guests coming in and out meanwhile she and josh are falling further in like like i guess not love i don't know and let me say this at this point when i chose this book kind of because of the back cover i thought oh yeah there's gonna be like elements of suspense with the gold and whatever but from the the front cover, how it looks, and the name of the book, Pathway Home, and the description on the back cover. I thought it was going to be more romantic. I thought it was going to be more about Cammy and whoever was her opposite falling in love. And it's just not. It It's brought up a few times, and then Cammy immediately tamps those feelings down. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to mundane descriptions of daily life at the B&B. Maybe Josh has to go back home. Oh, no, he's lengthening his stay. Here's Pearl. She's doing something. Uh-huh. And so it's it's never like, there's not like a build of Cammie and Josh's relationship. So when it actually does end up happening, you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. They're like in love now? Oh, okay. I had no idea because Cammie was dying it the whole time. Right. Um. Do you think it's trying to be like... I know, like, a lot of literary novels do that kind of thing, where it's, like, things happen interspersed by, like, these long montages of just descriptions of things. What is the book that I was reading? Was it Anna Karenina? No. (laughs) Should we talk about that again? Yeah. (laughs) Another 15-minute conversation (laughs) I can cut out of the podcast. Um, I don't think she's trying to be literary here. I just think she can't order her thoughts very well and so it's kind of like it's like it feels like she's like oh yeah that plot's happening oh wait I gotta bring that plot back in Mm -hmm. that's what it it feels really disjointed in that way I don't think she's trying to like intersperse her novel with beautiful happenings and 
whatever. Mm-hmm. She just can't remember where she's at. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, MAB, if that's not true. As this progresses, Josh is falling further into the into the family mm-hmm. and is helping out around the house. And he and Cammie discover some secret passageways oh. in the old Victorian house, which is cool. And there's a riddle written on the wall that refers to treasure. And they're like, <gasps> what? Treasure? And they try to ask Grandpa Willie about it. And he's really like vehemently, don't talk about that. We don't talk about that in this house. And I mean... <laughs> It's kind of weird because you're like, oh, okay, but yeah. like we found the riddle. Like, like it is might there a ghost? Refer to something. Yeah, yeah, something something weird. But Grandpa Willie, I think he's just like freaked out about the murder that happened, and he just doesn't want he doesn't want trouble. Uh huh. But too bad for him. Trouble comes around. There's um, instances of people like breaking into their property like three different times, and on one of them, this one was actually really bad. Cammy gets captured. She like goes outside and she's like. I think I hear something. But she just decides to ignore it. Uh And then she gets grabbed. Uh Uh-oh. Josh is there to save the day, though. (laughs) She screams. He comes out. They fight. Punch, punch. And then she, like, whacks him over the back of the head with a shovel. And, like, she and Josh overpower this intruder. Uh Kind of. He doesn't get knocked out cold. He runs away. So they don't catch him and, like, see who he actually is. she's safe. She's safe. Josh is safe. They're banged up from the fight. And so everyone is, like getting really um freaked out about what's happening in the town because there's strangers coming around that nobody knows and right like intruders and things are happening that nobody is a fan of um as they are becoming better friends cammy actually finds out that josh has a girlfriend so that's part of in the later bits why she tamps her feelings down because she's like oh josh's girlfriend right oh have i already talked about her you already talked about that a little bit it kind of weaves in and out of like he has a girlfriend. Her oh, consciousness. We, we don't care yeah. about her. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, they plan a surprise birthday party for Josh. And then the girlfriend shows up unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And they, like, she and Josh seem really uh, together and in love. She came across <laughs> the, the states for him. They seem really uh, together. <laughs> because ostensibly at this point you're rooting for cammy and then uh, yeah so you would think another character being introduced you would think that the author would be like well she's not cool she's not as good as cammy so she must be that would be the trope certainly yeah so yeah. i guess michelle ashman bell does <laughs> so breaks the, the mold <laughs> but then it's just really confusing because cammy is still having these feelings knowing that josh is devoted to a girlfriend that he loves having seen them together and like right like i think maybe sometimes it might be easier to like put someone out of your mind if you haven't ever met her so like if cammy had never met jane the girlfriend she mm-hmm. might just be like it's fine that i'm falling in love with josh because i haven't ever seen that girl i don't condone that just want to say <laughs> i don't condone cheating actually that really bothered me in this book but it might have been easier if she had never met jane but she has met jane she's seen them interact and so <laughs> I don't understand how she can keep entertaining the feelings that she has for Josh. And actually, as they go along and they're investigating the passageways and investigating the treasure and Jane has gone back to Pennsylvania, um, at one point, Cammy and Josh kiss. Oh. And and you're like, no. Yeah. I was like, he has a girlfriend. Um, what? And they just don't. And not just like a girlfriend. He is like. In a relationship. In a relationship she flew that to is intentionally Oregon. monogamous. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but they just don't ever talk about it. Uh-huh. So they, like, kiss, and then she floats off to bed dreamily, and then 
we go on with the story and okay. never address. Do the they fact ever talk that Jane about it? Briefly at the end, after they've kissed like eight more times. <sighs> yeah, it was very frustrating, um, especially in a book like this. That's kind of that Christian like values and morals and like I I just would have expected that they would wrap that up right. even if it was tropey well but isn't I mean I feel like part of it it's so it's such a double-headed thing right of it is promoting uh, an ideal of what relationships look like in these faith-based communities yeah it's like this double-sided thing of its escapism Oh, yeah. But it's yes. also promoting, like, the values of the community. And so it's really weird and interesting yeah, it's when a weird line. boundaries get crossed like that. Because you're like, but wait, I thought you were promoting something. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is meant as an escape. And so there is some line blurring there, which is like, I don't know. I, I find it to be an interesting thing. That being said, I'm not trying to say, boo, Caitlin, you're not <laughs> analyzing. You're not overanalyzing this book as much as I am. Um, but... I yeah. just got mad because I was like, ah, stop ruining other people's relationships. Just be honest. And part of that, too, is that Cammie just doesn't ever address her feelings. So she's uh, developing feelings and she never just talks about them. So that part of it just feels really junior high-ish that she's uh -huh. like, I think I like him, but I'm just going to keep it to myself and not talk about it. And I'm like, just talk about it like an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's finish up the plot because then I want to go back and actually address some some points so i i flagged a lot of things in this book but as i was flagging the same thing just kept coming up in yeah. a lot of different flags so i'm just going to talk about some points so the the ending of the plot comes about that cammy and josh actually figure out part of the riddle and it leads them to a clock in the house where they find a hidden key uh. and then something else about the riddle leads them to i can't remember leads them to the lighthouse down the way mm -hmm. and they explore and they're searching but as they're in the lighthouse, somebody crashes in ah! Ah! and uh, attacks them. Uh -huh. And as they're being attacked, Cammy is like, are you the one who attacked me before? You don't look anything like him. And he's like, it's because of my great background in the theater. You uh. haven't recognized me all around town. So like, so it's a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> Well, no. Remember all those guests that were checking in that we had unnecessarily oh long? Oh, my gosh. It's was it the same person? Every time. Ugh. It's him and his wife, and they're checking in in disguise. That's Peg legs so and eye patches. Stupid. <laughs> it is. It's like a Scooby, like Count Olaf, yeah. Scooby-Doo villain nonsense. <laughs> He's in there. He attacks them. He ties them up, and then he sets a bomb and leaves. And so like, we got to get out. And they're like, he had shot open a metal chest. They thought that the gold was in that metal chest, and they were like, right. getting ready to open it. She opens it with her key. It's not in there. He gets really mad and then leaves in there. And because he shot the metal chest in, like, his anger, um, it has jagged edges. So Cammie and Josh, like, rub the their cords that they're tied up with, uh -huh. like, on the edge of it and are able to saw through and escape before it blows up. Woo. They get out and they go home and that like harrowing experience has finally led them to be like, listen, I love you. Oh my gosh. I love you too. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about Jane? She just doesn't really understand me since my father died. That's Josh. <laughs> I couldn't have figured that out. <laughs> and then Cammy's like, oh my gosh, I totally understand you because of my background in death. Oh, like, that's convenient. Um, for the plot. For the plot. Yeah. <sighs> so whatever. So they fall in love. Everything's great. 
And actually, some other guests who had checked in that she was suspicious of, they turn out to be FBI agents, of course. And they're like, we need your help in catching this guy. And they catch him and everything's fine. Those guys are put in jail. Cammie and Josh get married and like everything's cool. And then we have like a little epilogue, which is one year later. Uh-huh. Cammie's pregnant. Uh-huh. Something, something else is happening. Whatever. Everybody's happy. Uh-huh. They go back to the riddle and she's like, I just can't let it go. I know grandpa told me to because so much death came from this treasure, but I just can't let it go. And so she doesn't let it go and ends up figuring out something else. The riddle had a double meaning. So the first meaning led them to the key. Second meaning leads them to the gold. I can't remember where it is because at this point I was like, I just want to be done with this book. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that is the story of this podcast where we never learn how it actually ends. They find the gold. I mean, good enough for them. I, great. Sure. Yeah. But, great. College fund. Yay. Okay. <laughs> but no. Okay. So this is the part that I got mad about because I was like, uh, the, like you were like, oh, the treasure was inside them all along. Uh-huh. Hold on. Let me find it. Okay. So here is the last page of the novel. Uh-huh. <sighs> Josh says, you know, we can't keep the gold. Cammy sighed. I know. It doesn't seem fair, though. It's been on our property for over a hundred years. Josh chuckled and pulled her close, kissing the top of her head. It doesn't really matter, she said. I'm already the richest woman in the world. I have a wonderful husband, who I'm terribly in love with. She kissed his chin. Weird. I have an incredible life that is full and happy. Kisses the top of her head. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it works out, especially. (laughs) She circled her arms around his neck. And I'm having a baby. She kissed him on the mouth this time. Mm, She sighed with contentment. Thank you, she said, feeling warm and dreamy inside. <laughs> what? You just don't like you just don't like it at all, huh? I just don't <laughs> like it at all. Listen. I just really like how the main character of this book was so considerate in summarizing why this was a happy ending yeah. for said main character. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Characters do that. For I guess me. maybe it's like an attempt at character development. No, no, no. That's not what character <laughs> development is. No, because because she cared so much about the gold before, but now she doesn't. Yeah, but didn't that happen in like a span of two seconds of her kissing of him kissing her on the on the top of the head? Yeah. So that's not character development. <laughs> that's, that's just true. like, oh, I guess I won't think about it anymore. <laughs> that's her signature move. So cool. Right. I, I was expecting him to like kiss her on the top of the head and be like, oh, honey, you don't understand property law. <laughs> <laughs> and then pull a coin from behind her ear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have five things written down that I like really kept coming up. One of them was unnecessary detail. Part of why this book was so bad and boring was that we kept getting descriptions of stuff that didn't matter. Uh-huh. So at one point, Ashlyn and Mitch, Cammie's best friend and her husband, they come over. They meet Josh. They like him. They arrange to go for a jog the next morning. And then as they're like winding up the evening, Mitch, is, they're like, Ashlyn and Mitch got up to walk out of the room. Mitch reminded Josh about their 6 a.m. run the next morning. And that doesn't take place in dialogue. I feel like that could have easily been written as a dialogue. Yeah. Like, Ashlyn and Mitch get up to... As they cross the room, Mitch shouted out, you ready to go tomorrow at six, Josh? Josh says, sure thing, Mitch. You're the best. Like, it would be better. I, that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. It could have been better, though. And it just is like a block of description. And that happens over and over and over. 
with guests that are checking in, even uh-huh. though that kind of comes in later. It's just, it's frustrating. <laughs> As opposed to it taking place in dialogue. Hello, <laughs> I'm an old lady yeah. with a peg leg. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh, that'd be the best. <laughs> but just like everything that they're doing is unnecessarily described. And, and like, especially in the, the verbs they choose. So I think maybe she also took a workshop on not using the word said when you're doing your dialogue. Uh-huh. So like they do a lot of things of like <laughs> I love those. Josh remarked and like Cammy said pointedly, not yeah. really expecting an answer. And I'm like, well, that wouldn't be pointedly then. That's the wrong use of what you're trying to say. <laughs> um, so there's just a lot of like extra things that don't add to it. It takes it detracts because you notice it and you're like, that's incongruous with everything else. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's pulling my attention away from what's happening because now I'm just fixing on. Well, this paragraph was really weird. Like at one point, Cammy it says, "Cammy noticed that Grandpa Willie went into the den to take his usual afternoon nap." And I'm like, "Why do we? Ha- why do we have to hear about that from Cammy's point of view? Right? If we're if that's a normal thing, just say Grandpa Willie went into the den to take his afternoon nap as he right. normally did. Like we don't have to. You mean you don't want that portion in dialogue, like? I'm Uncle Willie, and I'm just going to take my afternoon nap, as I usually do at this time. You're right. That's way better. Let's do that. <laughs> just saying, be consistent, Caitlin. No. So we've got unnecessary detail going on. Everything is just overly explained to the detriment of the story. Um, the other things that I had was, um, oh, we already talked about this, was the discomfort I had when we were talking about her husband being dead. So. Yeah. We talked about Your own personal thing. discomfort. Um, <laughs> every conversation. So I said, maybe we should have more dialogue. But at the same time. <laughs> there's also too much. Every conversation <laughs> is stilted and dry and inexplicably focused on small, weird details. On like a scale of Robin Cook to not Robin Cook, how st- stilted is it? I would say, okay, if Robin Cook is a 10, I'm going to say that this book is, like, at a 7. Okay. So so it's better than Host, definitely. But, like, at one point, Cammie is talk- telling Josh, like, the history of her family. And she's like, yeah, my family has owned the Sea Rose Bed and Breakfast for a, over 100 years. And I'm like, okay, at this point, if I was talking to a friend, I wouldn't name the whole name of the place. Just, like, that right. kind of thing. My family has owned this place. And... I mean, trust your audience. They know what place they're in. They know what place you're talking about. You don't have to name the whole name of the place, especially right. since we've seen it before. Like, this isn't the first place that we're seeing the name of the bed and breakfast. Yeah. So it's not like a description. Another thing, um, lots of staring and amazement and generally really strong reactions to normal things. So while she's describing them, like reacting to the guests that check in, they stare in amazement, but then a second later, they're back to acting normally. Right. So it's like really high emotion for like a sentence. And then in the next, it doesn't it doesn't follow yeah. through. Like that Seinfeld episode where she breaks up with her boyfriend because he doesn't use an exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> she's editing his book. And she's like, I put on my sweater. <laughs> <laughs> you know what episode I'm talking about? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Never it mind. sounds awesome. Uh-huh. I'll it's watch a pretty it. good episode. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> There's one particular instance. I said I was going to come back to Mitch and Ashlyn. So Mitch and Ashlyn, at a certain point in the book, Ashlyn's like kind of absent. Cammie can't get a hold of her. She keeps calling. They live pretty close. So she walks over and knocks on the door. She doesn't answer even though the car is in the driveway. Uh-huh. 
And then she goes back later, like the next day in the evening. And so Mitch is around and Mitch opens the door, but like only a little bit. And he's really shifty. Mm -hmm. And honestly, at that point, I was like, he killed her. Ashlyn's dead and her husband <laughs> oh killed her. Oh my gosh. I was like, that's like the vibe that I was getting because of the weird shifts in tone in everybody's oh, reaction to it, everything. It made you like read too much into yes. stuff. Yeah. 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 Turns out three page, three pages later, she shows up. She's not dead. Thank goodness. Ashlyn is not dead. She was just avoiding Cammie because she was pregnant and she felt awkward about being pregnant because they had that whole plan to like oh, do their lives together uh-huh. and have kids at yeah, the same yeah. time. But I really thought she was dead for a while and I was like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> We're going to have to deal with this husband murderer in this book as well as pirates and treasure. <laughs> and there's only 30 pages left? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so tonal shifts that were really really weird um so that those are the things that i that like kept coming up as i was reading the book uh-huh. um the plot was like hard to follow but generally okay it was kind of like okay treasure i guess i can get into that a little bit like sure 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 sure. yeah, yeah. figuring out the treasure kind of pulled me through the book i didn't care about the romance which, which was a bummer because that was the whole reason i wanted to like get into a romance a, novel get into a romance for valentine's day and talk about love a little bit but i just was really off put by their love because of like the weird way that they just forgot about his girlfriend yeah and fell in love without that and then like once they were in love she wasn't even an obstacle even and they were like well we're in love now so goodbye jane and we're gonna get married and i'm like poor jane she's over in pennsylvania being classy and put together and now she doesn't have a boyfriend and Eh. she must be blindsided just like yeah no definitely but you know, I forgot She'll one do, of okay. the plot points. What? Oh my gosh. So Josh, the whole reason he ended up at the Seamist, Sea Rose, Bed and Breakfast, he was searching for his birth mother. Oh my gosh. Guess who his birth mother was? Pearl. Pearl, my favorite of character. Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Oh and that was boy. brought up really abruptly too. It was like page 132. It was like, and then she had to give her baby up for adoption. Cammy says that like all wistfully or whatever. And I was like, what? Why haven't we heard about this before? <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's me. Well, and then I was like, I bet it's Josh. I put a, I put that on my flag. And then like 30 pages later, I was like, I knew it. It was Josh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that sounds like a really high point to wrap this up at. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was interesting. So, OK, here's our here's our rubric. Do you regret not reading this no, book? No, <laughs> I don't regret it. I kind of, I would be, I would be open to reading, like, um, to to making some room in my life the next time I'm on vacation or something to reading some sort of faith based romance novel kind of thing, but definitely not this one. Yeah, not this one. I'm actually going to say this because we recorded an episode that we maybe might air sometime. It was, we kind of started doing this podcast and then had a hiatus of a of year. Of two years. Of <laughs> like not knowing what we were doing. And we recorded like a really crappy sound one. And that book actually was a Michelle Ashman Bell book. Oh, so, um, so okay. So same author as someone that we've encountered before. But actually, if you said you would want to give a chance to a faith-based romance, I Uh actually was so agitated by this book, so mad that it was terrible, that I was like, you know what? What was a book that I actually enjoyed, just so I can, like, remember it and cleanse my palate a little bit? Right. Disclaimer, I haven't read it since I was in high school, but I remember I read it multiple times in high school and really enjoyed it. And it was kind of wistful and it was romantic and it was, it took place during World War II Uh and it is a faith-based story of a girl who like finds faith and 
kind of changes her whole life for that. And her family initially thinks it's for this boy, but she's like, but then the boy goes to war and she's like, it's not only for him. Like this is important to me, but then, uh-huh. you know, the boy comes back and like all these things and it comes back into her life. Um, I really liked that one. So oh, I'm, okay. going, I'm going to say to cleanse our palate of this terrible book, let's try out this other one. That's kind of in the same style, but was better. It's called Amelia's daughter. And the author is Susan Evans McLeod. All right. And we'll so, put up an Audible affiliate, or we'll put up an Amazon affiliate link yeah. on the show notes so that people can click that. And if you decide to buy it on Kindle or on Amazon or whatever, um, use that link because yeah. it'll support us. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. This was really fun. I liked talking about this, even though it was so bad. Yeah. I enjoyed discussing it to kind of get it off my chest. Totally. <laughs> I, I mean, that is the purpose the point. of this podcast. <laughs> The uh, one thing I was going to ask you, though, is like, what makes this uniquely LDS? So um, I didn't go into that too much because it was really boring. Josh, his parents died, and that's part of why he came searching for his birth mother. And in that search, he realizes that his parents were actually members of the church, and he was baptized when he was younger. Members. Oh, of the okay. Church so he's like, Christ. I better get back in this or whatever. So yeah, and he, and because he comes to that specific bed and breakfast where Grandpa Willie and Cammy and Pearl are all LDS, uh-huh. he's like, oh, can you guys tell me about it? It's like part of my heritage, but my parents fell out of the church, and so I never learned about it. Uh-huh. Or I think his mom died shortly after he was baptized when he was young, uh-huh. and his dad just married someone else who didn't want it him to go to church so the whole family just stopped going uh, okay and so he's like I've so never it's like a finding your it. heritage kind so he of finds like... his heritage and then through that he finds like he finds answers because his dad just recently died he now has both of his parents dead his adoptive parents have both died and he just feels really lost mm-hmm. and he finds a lot of answers and comfort in the doctrines that that he finds with this family. He goes to church with them. They like have the missionaries. over. I don't actually don't think they have the missionaries over. They just talk about it. And, and like, this is what I believe. And they feel like reaffirmations of their testimony that they have of, of those, um, of those doctrines, especially Cammy. Cause she's, you know, in the, kind of the same boat with her husband having died. Right. And, um, and a lot of it is that, I don't know. This is like proselytizing. You you can say as little or as much as you want. So I'm going to say this just to kind of round it out. Part of the doctrine is that family relationships can last beyond the grave. So people that are married here on earth can stay married. So Cammie, while devastated by her husband's death, is reassured by her belief that they will be together after this life. Mm, And that's something that Josh finds comfort in as well because he really misses his dad and Mm -hmm. his mom that he didn't get to know for very long. Um, and so that's something that brings him a lot of comfort and that piques his interest. Absolutely. So that's what makes this one specifically, um, a a Mormon LDS (laughs) novel. Yeah. So (laughs) awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, I I guess we got to wrap it up. Yeah. Bummer, but we'll be back again in March with something, uh, brand new. Yeah. It'll be fun. All right. Well, have a great month, guys. Thanks for listening. This is from Michelle Ashman Bell's author website from her FAQ section that actually has no questions. It's just a block of text she wrote about herself. Here's a small snippet. Actually, I know why I kept writing, comma. I couldn't not write. It's in my blood. When I get cut, ink comes out.